Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. Hey everybody, it's Sam with Pro Wrestling Overtime. And since we did an NXT Great American Bash prediction yesterday, I feel like we have to do an AEW Road Rager prediction episode. It's happening tonight, TNT. Just like Great American Bash was on the USA Network. Um, this starts normal time, runs 8 to 10. However, it's going to be live. Some of you just went, what? They're always live. Um, no, they're not. Have you not noticed the last two or three weeks they haven't been live? They taped a bunch. Did you not realize that? Oh, you didn't? John Moxley and Cody Rhodes had babies. Or their wives had babies, I should say. One of the referees' wives just had a baby. Um, someone else's due, and I can't remember who... who. But anyway, they gave them a break. That's why you're seeing AEW talent. Um, Brian Cage, two weeks ago, was at a meet and greet, um, signing and taking pictures with fans. I want to say in New Jersey. Don't hold me to that, but New York, New Jersey... He was up north, I think, somewhere. And and that's what you're seeing. Darby Allen went to California. Um, come on, guys. Get with the program. So tonight, they're back. As a family. AEW family coming on strong. Uh, Going to be live tonight in Miami, Florida. And fans, real live Touching fans are going to be in attendance. And it's not going to be the 500 or 1,000 that we normally see in Daly's Place. It's going to be rocking tonight. And they probably will have a road rager. So that's uh, something definitely to look forward to. 
Now this is where I need to make a disclaimer and go a little bit off on a tangent. For all of you who have written me, I'd say in the last two weeks, and have called me every name in the book and said that I'm a WWE mark, that I think their product is the best thing ever. I love WWE. When are you going to talk about AEW? Uh, you talk about uh, Impact Wrestling and Independence more than you talk about AEW. Blah, 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 blah. Number one, I'm an AEW mark. I don't care in a minute. I have a problem. <laughs> I sound like I'm in AA, and I am, I guess. Uh, I'm in AEW. Um, guys, since basically all in in Chicago, I have been all about AEW. If you actually go back and listen to this particular podcast, not my last one, but this particular one, I think I'm almost positive. I have mentioned AEW in every episode. And if you think I'm a WWE mark? Do you listen to all the episodes? Did you listen to the episode where I went off on a complete rant about how they had basically ruined Bianca Belair except for her tried and true stands? Guys, y'all use that word do you know what stands are? Because I asked someone on Twitter the other day. And they said, we're special fans. I said, you're special nut jobs. And she wrote back, what are you talking about? I said, fans equals fanatics. They used to be called sports fanatics. They shortened it to sports fans. Then, it wasn't started in wrestling, but it was started in sports. I have no idea what sport. It may have been wrestling, I don't know. Stands, S-T-A-N-S, are stalker fans. They're not special fans, which, well, I guess they kind of are. But they're stalker-type fans. They're the ones that are sending Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green cards to their homes. And on this week's Green Within Me, you should listen to that podcast. It's hilarious. Uh, she had Deanna Parasso on. Chelsea Green talked about a guy who mailed stuff to her dad in Canada. 
Because he, he couldn't find her new address where she had moved. Deanna Peraza, who told a story, she's moved five times. Because of different promotions and being located near them and, and all of this. Five times. This one fan sends her cards, notes, letters, whatever, to every one of those houses, those addresses. He sent them to her first house. She said she moved. She thought for sure he was gone. No. Two weeks after she moved there, boom. He's writing letters to her second house again. And she said, now I'm not scared to death that he's going to show up at my house, knock on my door and kill me. She said, that's how it started. She said, he hasn't showed up. I've moved five times. It's a little worrisome that he can find me like that. But... I just, now, I think I'm comfortable, and I know that I don't think he's going to show up at my door. That's sad. Anyway, let's go back to AEW, because I love talking about it. I love telling their stories. I love talking their storylines in the ring. Um... I like talking about how people pass them up. They just continued working. And now they're getting their break. So let's just start talking. Tonight, Chris Jericho and MJF supposed to be in the ring. will have a face-to-face standoff is what they're saying. Now... Last week, MJF used the word, I'm going to lay down the stipulations that you have to do in order to get another match with me. Who else has he done that with? Yeah, that's right. Cody. Good job. Do you remember those stipulations? Do you remember 10 lashes with a belt? Because I sure do. He had to, um, wouldn't he had to have a cage match with Wardlow? So he's not going to use the same stipulations on Chris Jericho. But I can't imagine what they're going to be. Because he made the comment. You will not complete them. So I'm interested to hear what they are. No, I'm not making a prediction on it. Because it's MJF. And for those of you who have been listening to this podcast since the beginning, or have even picked it up in the last two to three weeks, you know I think MJF is one of the greatest heels that's going right now. Do not write me and talk about Roman Reigns, because that's a bunch of BS. Roman Reigns has 40 writers and Paul Heyman thinking up ideas. 
MJF does not have that. He is doing it by himself and running it by Chris Jericho or Cody or whoever and saying, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? So, I'm looking forward to this part of the show tonight because I think they're going to be interesting. And I think that match is going to happen at all out Labor Day weekend. And if it does, that means the stipulations have to be done by then. I would almost be willing to bet that at least one of the stipulations will either be at Fighter Fest Night 2, which is the third week of July, or will be at Fight for the Fallen the last week of July. I would think it would be for Fight for the Fallen, because that would give them two weeks to kind of build this up. So, really looking forward to that. Staying on basically the inner circle, you're going to see the inner circle take on the pinnacle. It is a trios match, and you're going to have Santana and Ortiz on one side. LAX, well, sorry, I almost called them LAX. To me, they're still LAX. Uh, the, pri- the Proud and the Powerful, I believe is what they're going by now. And Jake Hager. And they're going to have Conan in their corner. I definitely think that's going to be interesting. I think Conan gets involved. Probably with the other manager. They're taking on the Pinnacle, which is going to be also Tag Team, Dax Hardwood, Cash Wheeler, FTR, and Wardlow with Tolly Blanchard. So... I think this is just going to be absolutely interesting. Like I said, I think Conan may try to get under FTR's skin. I don't think he does it. I don't really think they pay attention to him. But I think he may get under Tolly Blanchard's skin. They go back a while. Um, so... I'm interested in that part. Yes, I'm interested in Santana and Ortiz versus FTR. I'm always interested in Jake Hager and Wardlow. They put on a heck of a fight. I know some of you are going to talk about that stupid botched wall where they went into it and you could tell and all of this crap. I don't care about that. It was a good match. It told a good story. I was fine with it. Um, But who do I think is going to win? I'll tell you what. I think the Pinnacle should win. I think Dox and Cash... FTR, I think they're a more solid 
tag team that uses ring psychology and tag team tactics better than what LAX does. However, you never really know what kind of stops Santana and Ortiz are going to pull out. They may do a completely brand new move tonight. You never know. I also think Jake Hager has shown his dominance over Wardlow. Now the story I think they're telling is Jake Hager's more experienced. Wardlow doesn't have all the techniques down yet. He's more athletic. He is a step below Hager's cardio and stamina. But he's getting there. So I think eventually we're going to have to see Wardlow take it to Hager. And you guys know how I do these predictions. I write down the matches. I sit here. I talk to you. And I decide, uh, I really do think this person's going to win. When I think about it, I think the pinnacle is going to win. Why? Well, the inner circle won the stadium stampede. Hager won um, the match against Wardlow. And as I look down this card, my question is, where's Sean Spears? Do you realize? Do you know? Sean Spears isn't on this card. And I know some of you went, aha! Neither is Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara is one of my favorites. I already noticed he wasn't on this card. Um, what if those two get involved? Now, if you follow Sammy a little bit on social media, not saying he couldn't have flown down to Miami yesterday, he's been out and about and traveling some and being with his girlfriend, playing with a cat, and he was griping, I believe it was this morning or, or last night, for those of you who don't know, I know everybody that listens to daily sports betting overtime knows. But for those of you who don't know, what usually happens is I get up about 7 p.m. and I stay up all night. I'm recording this. It is, I guess it would be 10.52 Eastern Standard Time. So 7.52 for you guys out there on the left coast. And I haven't been to bed. Um, I have two articles to write. I think, don't hold me to this, I think I'm going to record two more wrestling podcasts. I've got a national sports overtime podcast to record. So... I don't know when I'll go to bed. But usually, luckily, I'm an insomniac. 
so I can sleep three or four hours. So, I don't know whether Sammy put it up late last night or it was early this morning. But his vlog, if any of you guys watch his video log on YouTube, his computer ate it. And he was ranting raving on Twitter this morning. He has every segment he has filmed. He just doesn't have the final edited version to put up so like I said whenever he posted I don't know whether it was last night or this morning he said I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna have to re-edit this put it together and then put it up so he wasn't real happy like I said he didn't say I'm in Miami so, I don't know if Sammy's going to be there tonight or not. I have a funny feeling Sean Spears is. He lives in Florida. Um, quick drive and boom, Sean's there. So, I think Sean Spears definitely gets involved tonight. I don't know about Sammy. If he does, I think somebody takes a chair upside the head to continue their story. But I'm going to pick the p pinnacle tonight. I, I think they're going to come through. Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander versus the Blade and the Bunny. I think those of you who have only watched certain big promotions will be shocked tonight. Now, if you watch, one of my uh, future episodes is going to be about GNC's Outlaw Mud Show that they did on June 19th. In one of those matches, they have um, Alley Cat in an intergender match. And they do it She's a wrestler, period. She's not a woman wrestler. She's a wrestler. And that's kind of how I understand that AEW feels. I believe it was Mike Jackson in a press conference said that. That, that there is nothing worse about an intergender match where... You see the guy getting the crap knocked out of him. He's getting ready to make the hot tag. They're going to make a comeback. He tag. He's getting beat, beat, beat. He finally makes it. He tags the woman wrestler. So you see the guy wrestler that was beating on him. Get mad. Because now he's got to go out. He stomps back to the other corner, tags his woman wrestler partner, while the other team's woman wrestler is kind of standing over there, and then you see them lock up. He said, Mike Jackson, I believe it was who it was of AAW, 
said nothing can pull you out of watching a match faster than that. And I totally agree. Even though it's 5 to 10 seconds, it's long enough for you to be distracted or for you to pull back and look at your phone, look at your watch, what time is it, look at your clock, whatever. Um, and that couple seconds is enough to get you out of that wrestling bubble and into reality. And if you're truly into a storyline, into a match, then you're like, ugh. And it takes you 10 seconds to, to get out of the wrestling bubble. It may take you a minute, two minutes, to get back into that match where you're not paying attention to anything else. It's what wrestlers strive for to get the fans focused so much on the match they don't see anything else. They don't notice anything else. Well, if you've noticed some of the bigger promotions that do this, there's not two minutes for you to get back in it before another tag happens. Or there is, but it's two minutes and 30 seconds or three minutes. So you're back in it, rooting, cheering, not paying a bit of attention to anything else. Two-minute mark. 2.30, they're making a tag, and you're seeing that switch go on that takes five seconds, but it's long enough for you to pick up your phone. If they do it enough times, like they do in a regular tag match, I've seen people that have been sitting watching it with me and just go, what is the point? And they quit watching the match. No matter how good it is, no matter how it affects the storyline, they pick up their phone and they're out. So that's the homework you guys may want to do. Pick one of those big promotions. Find an intergender match. Don't watch it for botches. Don't watch it for technical quality. Don't watch it to make fun of it or anything. Truly set up on your couch or in your chair or on your ottoman. I don't care. And truly try to get into it. And see how many times you're pulled back away from getting into it. Then go to uh, Impact Wrestling. I guess it, it's 2019 when they were doing a lot of intergender stuff. You, um,. Trying to think who their partners were. Tessa Blanchard. And I don't. I 
maybe Brian Cage was her partner. Um, because I remember they wore shirts that said Diamond something on it. I have one upstairs. But they were taken on Tyra Valkyrie, and I don't remember who her partner was. They did not switch. If Tessa made a tag to Brian Cage and Taya Valkyrie was in there, then Taya dealt with Brian Cage or she went and made a tag. And that's how it played. Intergender matches women versus men. That's how it's played. You know, you pick them up, you slam them. You throw them out of the ring. You do whatever you normally do. And if you can get involved in that. Like I said, sit down and watch a match. I'm not telling you what matches to pick. Pick one from a bigger promotion that makes them switch every time there's a gender switch. And then pick one. And I threw Impact out there because I know... 2019, they were doing all kinds of them. So it should be pretty easy to find. Or just watch tonight. Because I'm pretty sure AEW, you will not see that. You will see if Chris Statlander's in there and Bunny tags the Blade. I think you're going to see Chris Statlander take on the Blade. You're going to see her do moves. Against the blade. You're going to see the blade do moves against her. Until she can tag Orange Cassidy in. Or the blade tags Bunny in. And I think that's what's going to be exciting. And I think a lot of people that only watch big promotions. Are going to be totally shocked. They're going to be like you can't do that. Wait until the episode on GNC's Outlaw Mud Show. And I talk about Alley Cat. They hit her and she poured blood. But she paid them all back and got their blood too. So, guys, girls can take it and they can dish it out. Women are not the weak creatures that you guys seem to think they are. But as for Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander versus the Blade and the Bunny, I truly think it has to be Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy. Obviously, they're the baby faces. It was a month and a half ago. Orange Cassidy was taking on Kenny Omega for the belt. He can't fall off the ledge by losing to the Blade and the Bunny. Chris Statlander just came back from a major injury. I don't believe she's lost yet. I can't see her losing to the Bunny. Um, I think that would slow all their momentum. The Blade does have some momentum on Dark and on Elevation. Bunny's been kind of getting beat over there. So, I really think tonight, in order to progress Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander, 
think they have to win tonight. Um, another one has to win tonight. Andrade versus Matt Seidel. Of course, we saw last week Andrade couldn't even pronounce Matt Seidel's name. Didn't know who he was. Um, I think he's in for a rude awakening. I think we're going to see an awesome match here. This is Andrade's debut. I think he's going to show what he's been working on. What's been setting in catering that shouldn't have been setting in catering. Because he was still working out. He was still getting in the ring. He was still working on his moves. He was still working out with Roof, who is one of his best friends. Um, he is... I would say pro- not the best shape of his life. I think that happened when he was wrestling um, in AAA Lucha um, with the Engabalnarlas, I think is how you pronounce it. I don't can't I can't even remember how they spelled that. That's sad. But anyway. I think he's in better shape than what he was when he was in WWE because I think he cares more. Matt Sedell can put on matches like you wouldn't believe. I think he sells a lot for Andrade. I think Andrade proves to everyone he can sell. I can't see them allowing Matt Sedell, though, to upset. Andrade in his debut knowing he's going to make a huge push in AEW for belts he wants to be a superstar they have signed him as a superstar and I'm talking like money wise and he already has a match at Triple Mania for Triple A, he is going after the Triple A Mega Heavyweight Championship that Kenny Omega has. And I'm telling you now, I don't have to wait to predict it. Andrade will beat Kenny Omega on August 14th at Triple Mania for that belt. And I guarantee the following Wednesday, at AEW, he will carry that belt in. And Kenny Omega will see him with that belt and snap and about lose his mind. And it is going to be the slow, long build of Andrade versus Kenny Omega. And it will have started right before August 14th. So there's no way he can lose to Matt Sedell especially in his debut match. So we've got to go with Andrade. The coffin match. The coffin match is not taking place tonight. Um, I've heard different rumors. The one rumor that makes sense to me is it is too big of a match to join all these other big matches. They need a gimmick match. They need a big match on Fighter Fest 
night one, night two, and then fight for the fallen. They're saying that the coffin match between Ethan Page and Darby Allen has been moved to Fighter Fest. They haven't said whether it'll be night one, which would be next week, or whether it'll be night two, which will be the third week of July. They're having a sit-down interview with Jim Ross tonight to discuss stuff. If they're in the same room, all hell's going to break loose. And we're probably going to hear JR cuss a lot. And it's going to be cool. So you need to make sure you're paying attention. (laughs) (coughs) Sorry. When I get to laughing, I get coughing. And I was trying to hold back that cough, and it wasn't working. So, anyway, I I do think we're not going to see a match between them tonight, but I think we're going to see them fight. The South Beach Strap Match. I have heard different people say there is a co-main event tonight. I'll take that. But I think this goes on before the next match. I think this is the second to the last match. I personally would start off the show with this match. I think people have been ready for it. They've drawn sides. It is the South Beach strap match. And it is Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. Supposedly, no one is allowed at ring. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know that QT Marshall's The Factory um, abides by that. The good thing for Cody is a go-go. It's not medically cleared yet. I hope it is kind of one-on-one. For those of you who absolutely hate Cody, think he's a prick, then you're rooting for QT Marshall. But QT Marshall has rubbed some fans the wrong way by being the ultimate heel. And when I say ultimate heel, he's been MJF-like. Um, he has gotten into fights, arguments, discussions... Uh, cussed, thrown fits, blocked people on different social media. He has been playing his character. And he's done a great job of it. He has done a great job of doing it to the fans that have been at Daly's Place. So I think this is going to be a good match. Because I think you're going to have fans rooting for both. And I think a lot of people say, well, Cody is going to win because his dad was one of the kings of the strap match. I guess my comment is, does that mean Dusty taught Cody the strap match and the ins and outs and how to work that? I don't know if he did. 
Because you've got to remember, Cody came in the WWE. You don't see very many strap matches in the WWE. Now, did Dustin teach Cody? Probably. And so I think he does have that advantage. But, step out of the wrestling bubble with me. And I'm going to tell you reality. QT Marshall and Cody have been best friends for a long time. They own the Nightmare Factory together. Cody, when he was traveling around all over the place, trying to build up his reputation and basically get his passion back, QT was the main one training at the Nightmare Factory. Then they started AEW. He brought QT, obviously, along. QT is the organizer. He has become Tony Khan's right-hand man about putting shows together and really helping with them. So don't just automatically assume that in all these years that QT Marshall and Cody have been friends, Dustin hasn't already taught him. Also, as he was teaching Cody, the strap match. Don't assume Cody didn't teach QT Marshall everything he knew. They're friends. This is going to be a good match. I look forward to Cody's injuries coming in play. I definitely look forward to QT Marshall hanging him with the strap over the ring ropes. I think we see that spot. And I think you'll either hear the crowd, and that's where you're going to know live fans are back. They're either going to gasp, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing that to my Cody. Or they're going to cheer because QT is going to put Cody out of commission. AEW doesn't have shenanigan finishes where there are DQs, where there are no contests. Because people run in and all this other garbage. Do I think the factory comes out? Yes. Do I think they created a distraction? Yes. Do I think the gun club then comes out? Yes. So... It comes down to, are they going to continue this story or not? I think they weren't until Anthony Agogo got hurt. And I think they now are. I think that they will end it either at the end of July or sometime in August. While they're on the road. 
So I think tonight QT Marshall wins. And I think Iron Anderson wants to kill Cody himself. And I think JR loses his mind and Tony Schiavone tries to make excuses. But I think they do continue this storyline. I don't know in what fashion. But like I said, I think it was going to end until a go-go got hurt. And now, I don't think it will. So, like I said, if they're going to continue this story, QT Marshall has to be the winner in order for it to continue. And then, what I think needs to be the main event, and is probably going to be the match of the night, maybe the match of the week, um, is for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. It's a street fight. Do I need to repeat that? It's a street fight. It is the Young Bucks against Penta and Eddie Kingston. Now, Brandon Cutler will be in the Young Bucks corner. I'm not sure how you stay in someone's corner during a street fight. And then Alex... I guess, is going to be in Penta and Eddie Kingston's corner in case he needs to translate something. I really don't understand that. But I do think this is going to be a great match. Especially if they go all over not only the arena, but outside of the arena. Whether they go in the parking lot, whether they go in the street, whatever. I think a street fight, you have to get out of the ring. You have to go other places. A lot of shows get away with doing it in in the arena on the concourse or whatever. I'm fine with that. But I really, really would like AEW to stretch it. First show with live, uh, full fan attendance. And them getting ready to put on four big shows in July. So, really, uh, I really want to. See them go out in the street of Miami. So, one would assume Eddie Kingston and Penta would pretty much automatically have the advantage in this. If they were brawling and it was a true street fight, then yeah, they probably would. But you've got to remember the Young Bucks are extremely inventive. They think outside the box. They love trying new moves, especially tag team moves. So I can definitely see them out in the concourse flipping off the merch table or, 
you know, doing something off stairs. Or uh, if they actually go outside of the arena doing something on the sidewalk, uh, flipping off a metal trash can, or doing something in the street, uh, doing some tag team maneuver or something involving a truck. Because they really are think outside the box visionaries. And I I almost hate using that word because so many people will think, oh, Sam is young bucks, marks. No, I'm not. Um, I like the bucks in New Japan when they were part of the Bullet Club. Them in Ring of Honor, not so much. I felt like they were pushed way too hard, too fast, too often, all of that. As far as this match go, I think Eddie and Penta really get some shots in. I think they may even lay out one of the bucks. There is a possibility because they're not taping at this moment that we see the Good Brothers get involved. If the Good Brothers get involved, do we see surprise appearances by Pac? Does Ray Phoenix, has he been medically cleared yet? But the big surprise that I would like to see, I don't know whether Renee would let it happen, though, is I would love to see the new look of John Moxley show up and watch people go, who is that? And then they see the shoulder shimmy and they're like, oh my god, that ball-headed, kind of longer beard guy is Moxley. And seeing what his reaction is. No matter what, I don't see... Penta and Eddie winning tonight. I don't know that I want them to win. And that's not me liking the Young Bucks, because I just told you I really don't. Um, to me, I want to see the Lucha Bros win the Tag Team Championships before Penta and Eddie. And that requires Ray Phoenix to come back, be healthy, and them to build a storyline. I also would rather see heal Eddie Kingston and heal John Moxley that the fans turn babyface. (laughs) Beat the Bucks. Before Eddie Kingston does it with Penta. Because. 
I really loved their story together of that long-term storyline build where they keep intersecting, keep going away, intersecting, going away, and that I know all you guys just want to talk about the botch of the exploding ring, but that story of Eddie Kingston coming to the help of his friend that he's known 15, 20 years, covering him, not knowing what kind of explosion was going to happen, not knowing whether he was going to die, not knowing whether they would get up and John Moxley would still be mad at him and they would get into a war. Eddie Kingston still gave. And then we got to see them together. And seeing them together was pure gold. It was comedy, but it was serious. It was them threatening to kill and beat up people. It was them threatening to hurt people or kill them and hide them. Uh, Everybody ate it up. They were being themselves. And they honestly were doing heel stuff, saying heel stuff. And because people hadn't heard it that way in 10, 20 years, they ate it up and made them baby faces. And you could see... The frustration sometimes on Eddie Kingston and John Moxley's faces. And they would be racking their brains. What can we do that would be even worse? That these people will hate us. And I don't know that they could have done anything. I don't know that they couldn't have dragged somebody in there. Slit their throat. I don't think the people would have turned on them. So for that reason... I don't think Penta and Eddie can win tonight. I think too many people want to see them with their real tag team partners. They want to see Penta with Ray Phoenix. They want to see Eddie Kingston with John Moxley. And then they can both go after the Bucks or one or the other can. But I think tonight... The Young Bucks win. And I think it's through Don Callis. I don't know if Kenny Omega shows up. With his injuries. With his hernia. With his back. I don't know if we see Kenny Omega tonight. But I think we do see the Good Brothers. So Don Callis and the Good Brothers. And I hope we get a surprise on the other side. I will be happy if it is just Pac. But if it's Ray Phoenix or John Moxley, I'm marking out. So that's kind of my predictions for this show. We'll have to see how it goes. Um, I'm going to be real honest with you. The last AEW, I guess it was Double or Nothing, I did really well at. The ones before it, I didn't predict him. And it wasn't that I didn't predict the winner. Sometimes I did. I just didn't predict the swerves. 
And when I'm doing a prediction show for AEW, I have to think in a different manner. And the problem is, is usually AEW has a show like this, and then WWE has a pay-per-view, and I'm in this mindset of predicting swerves, and who's going to show up, and what's going to be a surprise, and all of that, and then I take it to the WWE pay-per-view, and of course, none of that happens. No swerves happen, no surprises, no, you know, nothing that, that you, the basic fan, can't predict. So, anyway, write me, let me know your predictions. On Twitter, I'm Pro Overtime, both two O's, Pro Overtime. Yes, the direct messages and um, private messages, whichever one you guys call them are open pro wrestling over time at instagram the messages are open i created a facebook page um it's pro wrestling over time you you can i don't what do you do on facebook like it or follow it or something i don't know but the big thing on that page is i made sure i put a message button. If you click on that, it will take you directly in to Facebook Messenger. If I'm available, I'm not working, I'm not writing an article, I'm not cutting a podcast, or I'm not napping, I'll talk to you. If you hit me up in the middle of the show, if I'm not doing a live podcast with someone else or something like that, or I'm not... Flipping around sports. Um, because I get bored in some matches. Um, then I'll talk to you. It, it doesn't bother me. So you can hit me up on Twitter or um, Instagram or Facebook. And I'll write you back and forth during AEW tonight. Um, also, prowrestlingot at gmail.com. You can always email me. I try to get to your emails as fast as I can. I don't make any promises, though. So, anyway. I will be talking to you guys soon. And I'll see you down the road. Holidays are here. And so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G. A phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones who are always in the know. For the ones who keep things running. For the innovators and the problem solvers. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, experienced staff at local branches, and free access to experts to help answer your toughest questions. So whatever challenge you face, we have the knowledge and products to help. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.